not necessarily better. Okay. You don't practice your training in a house of pain. You know, it's even though those things were prevalent. I mean, I I worked out in a school that had that on the wall. You know, so accepting pain and and but and not understanding what pain means. Right. And, and resting more and paying more attention to my diet. Yeah. And, Are you looking for a way to drive growth, sales, communication, and retention in your academy? Kovar Systems six-month program director course is designed to help members of your team thrive in the important role of program director. With step-by-step -step training, we will cover a wide range of topics, including prospect follow-up, overcoming objection, and securing enrollments. Our program will teach your team members to effectively communicate the values and benefits of martial arts, which can be a game changer in securing more enrollments at your academy. Our next six-month course starts on this date, so don't wait and visit our site, www.covarsystems.com to get your team enrolled in the upcoming course. Again, that's www.covarsystems.com. Enroll now and get ready to see some real results in your business. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. Welcome to the Satori Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar, and right now I'm with one of my best friends in the world, a lifelong friend, Tom Callis. How are you doing, sir? Uh, great to be here in Sacramento, Master Dave. Thank you for the interview. Yeah. Hey, well, we're, we're mumbling a little bit. We are right now, what's going on is the tail end of the first day of our ProMac International event. We're in downtown Sacramento. We've got hundreds of martial arts from all over uh, the country. Actually, we have some people from uh, uh, the UK and Germany here as well, and and kind of our event is about, it's, it's about about, uh, you know, these, these are for professional martial artists. It's really about celebrating what we do and getting, becoming better at it. And, you know, you started training as a kid and, uh, you know, just kind of first off, tell me why you think training in martial arts, what, what, what unique, uh, thing does it bring to the table? You know, like there's a lot of great stuff that someone can do. Why martial arts? Well, martial arts is something you do in a group, but you're really, it's not a team sport so you can practice anywhere you don't you know have to follow the rules of football or you know and it's also uh, cultivates development of the right and left side of the brain it, uh, it keeps you physically fit but more importantly i think is that it it makes you mindful about what you're doing in the present moment you have to when you're sparring or you're grappling there's no thinking about the future or what just happened i mean you can it just makes you less you know you're not as high functioning in that place but so it's an immediate focus on the present and there's so much about meditation that is hidden in there uh, in the movement and in the practices that we don't give it enough credit but it really is healthy for the brain healthy for the body good for your attitude and it's uh, been a lifelong pursuit of mine and we've it, you and I among thousands of people and our peers. And I think it's good for the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I you know, uh, it, it's kind of like what, what makes, I think, martial arts unique compared to other things is first off from a, from a fitness standpoint, it's right side, left side, upper body, lower body, rotational movement, lateral movement, circular movement, strength, flexibility, endurance. It's the list goes on and on, right? Like you do martial arts, you're going to be better at other sports, but here's the other thing is that, uh, you know, it, the, the hidden ingredient I think is the, the self-defense aspect in that, uh, 
as an instructor, we, it obligates us, especially with kids, because we're teaching potentially dangerous techniques, it obligates us to really swing the pendulum and teach the importance of courtesy and respect and self-control. And those are a lot of lessons they may not get from doing other activities. They may get it, but you have to have somebody like I, when I was consulting with school owners, I would say, uh, you know, if you can't hear what I'm saying, find someone you respect enough to listen to. And a lot of times the martial arts teachers put in that position of respect and the children just their minds are open to it. They accept it. And so my instructor said the same things my dad right. would say. But, right. you know, I'd say, hey, dad, guess what I <laughs> heard today? And I'm sure he was looking at me like, well, you little twit. So I got to yeah. share a story. So my son, Alex. Alex was, uh, was about seven or eight years old. Okay. And we are at a, uh, there was used to be a chain called, uh, uh, what the heck was it? It wasn't, it was Eatry. It was a, it was a restaurant chain called Eatry Vegetables, right? And it was this really cool chain and loved going there. And, and there was never soda in our, you know, I've never had soda in the house when the kids were growing up. Now, if they're at a birthday party and they want to have a seven up, whatever, it's just not going to be a habit to do it. And so, and the, and one of the lessons that we teach our kids, one of the messages of the week is, is, uh, when you're thirsty, drink water uh, for thirst and, you know, soda for kind of a fun thing every now and then. So we're at Eat Your Vegetables and he, we, we sit down, he's got his water and you know, he, uh, he said, dad, can I get a, can I get a, get a Sprite? Yeah, sure. Get a Sprite, son. So we sit down and, and he goes, Hey dad, I, I need to get some water. And I go, what's up, Alex? Cause I'm really thirsty. And since they told me if I'm really thirsty, I need to drink water. <laughs> and I'm thinking if I would have told him as his dad, he wouldn't have heard it, but he heard that from his martial arts teacher, right? Yeah. One of my guys, by the way, right? And it was, and so it's really is valuable. And, and, you know, the other thing I think it's interesting, it's not just kids, it's people of all ages, but people remember stuff when they're mentally, emotionally, and physically involved when they're in that peak state. And, you know, as an instructor, we get students to that level. We get them all like all in, right? Present focus. And that's when, you know, we can drop all kinds of stuff into the, into their heads, so to speak, uh, that can be either good or bad. You know, you know, we were talking earlier and it could, do you want your students to be Luke Skywalker or Darth Vader? You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's well, like, you know, good leadership and people who well, I was talking to Hicks and Gracie recently, and we were laughing because, you know, the truth is, is that most uh, jujitsu teachers are young people and they're they don't have a lot of life experience. So the advice you get from them or the character development may or may not be credible yet. And the yet they have the stamina in the interest to be there seven classes back to back rolling with all the students whereas older men and women who might have enough tread off their tires to give good advice sometimes we lack the stamina not bill wallace of course but most of us right you know it's hard to stand seven classes roll with your students yeah. do the warm-up so it's good that you're doing this podcast series and interviewing you know more senior master people because the next generation has to hear it, whether yes. they can hear it at the time they first hear it or whether it's the echo of it that they hear down the road. So let's let's think about that for a minute. You know, so we've known each other since we were kids and uh, we're not anymore. At least my wife would say I'm still a kid. But but, you know, like 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 uh, mentally, maybe emotionally, but not actually physically. But what would you tell that just friggin' 28 year old hardcore dude that thinks he's going to live forever and he's never going to hurt himself, uh, you know, that's going to that help him. Him, you know, kind of be able to continue to train for life. Is, is what would what would the message be that you would tell that guy? It's about kindness and compassion and love and introspection and uh, mindfulness. And it's not about uh, you know the physical aspect of training is is important. It's vital. It helps to cultivate transformation. But it's really the root of the value of what we do is the way we treat each other, the way we 
overcome obstacles the way we make so many mistakes during training, but just act as if they didn't happen and move forward. And those things are things that you can practice whatever it is that you pursue as a career, whether you're an attorney or a doctor or a teacher, you take what we practice on the mats it's meant to be practiced off the mats and to have not, little or nothing to do with hurting other people, but to, to take the courtesy, the focus, the concentration, the awareness, the being in the moment. And so when you're facing an obstacle at work or in your, uh, in your career or at school, you've got these practice tools you can pull out that to apply to it despite the fact that nobody's wearing a gi or right. you know you're not scoring points so it's as i get older and look back and squeeze the essence out of what i have from the training what was the result it's more patience it's more kindness it's uh, forgiveness it's all those character traits that we know are noble and important but uh, we don't always practice them as much as we could, but every class is a small practice session for all these things that, as an instructor, we should be pointing out. You know, well, I just taught everybody to punch, right? And all the kids say yes, and I say, you know how much punch is worth? And I hold my fingers real close together. You know, it's not worth anything. But the ability to focus, the ability to work together as a team, the ability to apply yourself in the moment fully, now that's worth about 100000 a year. You know, companies are begging for people who know how to overcome obstacles and and uh, not take no for an answer necessarily if they need a yes. And all these things that you do without even thinking about it on the mat in the practice of your martial art. Really good. Now, it's more specifically that, that that's a real that that's that's something that you and I if we had this conversation, when we were 30. That's not what you would have said, by the way. It would have been a little different. That come, that's come with a, a lot of a wisdom over time. Right now, I want to I, I, I now I would be specifically you've you've overcome four hip replacement surgeries. Right. And yeah. part of that is because, you know, you train hard. And, and if, if you don't mind me saying as your friend, you were hard on your body. It was kind of like this was a it was kind of like, you know what, darn it. I know what hurts. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. So what would you tell your 30 year old self? What would you tell your 30 year old self to do different More is when it better. came to fitness, yeah. you know, the martial arts and fitness More is not necessarily better? OK, you don't practice your training in a house of pain. You know, it's even though those things were prevalent. I mean, I, I worked out in a school that had that on the wall, you know, so accepting pain and and but and not understanding what pain means right. and, and resting more and paying more attention to my diet. Yeah. And to I'm sure somebody along the road was telling me. It's sure. Just, just you and, and every it. now and then. Yeah. Every now and then you you like, uh, uh, you know, you know, you, you can get through to somebody. I, I know for me, it's like I, I have a few rules that I follow. And part of it was how long has it been since you had your hips replaced? No, I had the last one done about two or three no, but years when, ago. When your first time? Oh, first well, time. I was 40. So, so 25 years ago or 23 yeah, years 25 ago or something. Ago, yeah. All right. So, and I remember when that happened and at the time, uh, I know you'd had hip issues before, you know, before that. And I'd seen other people start to get their hip replaced. And so I started backing off on a lot of hard kicking and large stretching and, uh, because I didn't want that to happen. Right. And, and, and so I, I backed off a bit. And one of the things that, that I, one of the rule that I've kind of followed for several years now, and I call it the 80% rule. And that is, is that I all, I try and I'm pretty good about quitting 
hurting when I still have 20% left gas in my tank because almost every injury I've ever had was at that last round, you yeah. know, when I'm really fatigued and I do one more thing. And so now I'm kind of, I'm not training for the big fight. I'm training for life. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, pull my back out, getting groceries out of the back of the car. And, you know, I want to be fit enough to, if I want to go on a hike, I can, or if I show up to somebody's school, I can do a few rounds of sparring and grappling and not embarrass myself. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I try to, I think the sweet spot for me and what I would tell my 30 year old self uh, would be consistently under train. And let me explain what I mean by that. We know that it, it consistently overtraining is stupid and dangerous. Right. Like, you know, right. We also know that cons- inconsistently overtraining is probably worse. Haven't done anything forever. And you try to do a, a, a you know, the, the, a deadlift record. That's going to get you hurt. And then on the flip side, inconsistently undertraining is a waste of time. You know, every 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 three months you show up one time at the gym and you, you, you grapple for 20 minutes and you'll leave. It's a waste of time. Right. So I think the sweet spot is to be consistent, but to underdo. I, that would be what I would tell someone yeah, as they're aging. That's and that's a really gonna, good observation. You know, when I had my first two hips done, I was teaching still. And I I just I had to ask the doctor, how do I keep this from happening in my athletes? And he said, well, coincidentally, he'd been working on a PGA a golf study and he squeezed it down into a, just a, a short paragraph. He said the, the study culminated in us understanding that because the typical way to practice was you'd go out on the range and you'd hit a thousand balls that was kind of a right thing and he said you know that's not the way to do it you go out and hit a hundred balls but with absolute full mental focus mm-hmm. so i took that afterwards it was a day late and a dollar short yeah. i'd already worn out my hip joints but uh i started passing that on to my students <laughs> So one of the things that I, I've really admired about what you've done is that, you know, you've, you're as passionate about martial arts as anybody is and, and always have been, and you're not able to do it to the same level that you'd like. And especially you fell in love with jujitsu in the, in the, in the 90s. And that's, you know, that's, that was, and, and I have as well, right? And, and so that was something that I know is really hurt because your body's not really allowed you to do it to a level that, that you, you should. And it's, it's wise that you're backing off in that, but you felt this, you've filled that void by pouring your spirit into, into your artwork, right? And now all of a sudden you've got art, you know, inst- you've got, you're in several uh, you know, museums. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, that, and, 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 yeah. and although you dabbled younger, you really didn't start this until, uh, really seriously until a few years ago. And what you did, it, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you took that passion you had for martial arts that you weren't able to do to the level you'd like, and you said, all right, man, I'm following those concepts and I'm pouring it into my art. Would you comment on that? Well, I've heard that Musashi said, and I didn't hear him say it because I'm not that old. You're pretty old though. Yeah. Yeah, but he said, uh, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, master one thing, you can master anything, all things. And I think uh, my shtick as an artist is, hey, I'm taking what I learned as a martial arts practitioner and applying it to art, which is mindful repetition, not putting too much emphasis on any single workout, uh, knowing that it's cumulative and not worried about winning or losing, but learning. And uh, that makes me still a martial artist mm-hmm. and because you know I think about that in hindsight when you squeeze out what did I learn it wasn't a, it's not technical it's how to cope with depression how mm-hmm. to deal with divorce how to uh, overcome the obstacles that sometimes can trip people up and and uh, how to stay sane in a world that's not always sane and so those things you can use all the time but if I were teaching as a young 30 year old again, and I knew those things, I would 
use more opportunities to point them out. I did the best I could at that age, but later, you know, when you're 30, you think, oh, you know, I've got it. And you get turned 40 and you go, oh, I was really. <laughs> and you know what? And, and we, we think of ourselves kind of like, oh, been around the block. And you talk to someone like Bill Wallace, who's, you know, older, the next generation or, or, you know, like our parents who would look at us like you're still kids, right? It's all yeah. relative. Yeah. When I was 20 and 30, I, I knew everything. In fact, yeah. I would stand in front of my students and say, ask me any question about martial arts and I would come up with an answer, be it the truth or not. And uh, as I've gotten older, I realize I don't pretend to know anymore. In fact, it it's more beneficial to just keep an open mind and look at both sides. You know, I'm still opinionated about things. It's the nature of being human, but I don't know as much as I used to. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's a really good observation. I would feel the same way. And, you know, one of the other things I would tell somebody that's uh, kind of like, let's say, wanting to get involved in martial arts or something, or, you know, or if, let's let's talk fitness for a second. I, I recently had a, a friend of mine that, that's never exercised much, and uh, he started CrossFit, okay? And this was a guy in his late 40s. And the first thing he goes, yeah, I'm really sore. I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm doing CrossFit. And I first thing I asked him is, how old is your coach? And he said, oh, I don't know, you know, he's a really good, nice guy. He's about 26, 27 years old. And I said, quit right now. My, and this is my opinion. Sorry, I, by the way, I, th I think CrossFit's amazing. It's the right thing for a lot of people. But that 27-year-old CrossFit coach does not understand what a 50-year-old body moves like. I didn't, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and they, they're going to get them hurt, right? That's what happened to me with it. It's kind of like if you find, if you're going to do CrossFit and you're older, find an older coach that's doing CrossFit, you know, and talk because he understands the body. And it's the same thing with martial arts. I think what's really dangerous if you go into jiu-jitsu as a middle-aged person and you've never done this before is to find some young hot shot 28 year old black belt to be your teacher because he thinks he knows how the body functions but he hasn't he hasn't been through you know in the, the, the crap yet you well, know that was the essence of my conversation with hickson was that you know it's the older athletes that are better teachers yeah. because, and you're such a better teacher when you get injured because yeah. you come back to class and you've got compassion yeah. and empathy and you're more cautious. Yeah, but well, I, I think about the way you and I used to run classes and, and uh, I can't tell you how many people that were injured on my watch that was because of the way I was teaching classes, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I, did, I didn't know better. You know, and now it's like, you know, wisdom yeah. comes yeah. from experience remembered. Now I know how to pair people off and what to watch for. And it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I'm a way better yeah. instructor, yes, way yes. safer because of all, you know, all those experiences. Is growing well, up. the other side of that is that you can't teach what you don't know. Yeah. And so anybody listening to this who's a teacher, martial arts teacher, etc., you have to say, well, what am I studying? What am I learning? You don't teach about diabetes, even though one in three children are affected by diabetes in today's world, uh, type two, which is preventable, because you don't know anything about diabetes. Mm -hmm. So you're not talking about it, even though it's a self-defense issue. Yeah. You're not talking about things that you just have no experience. So it's up to us. It's a responsibility to step out of the dojo and learn about fitness and health and mental health because all those are far more important to self-defense than is a blocker. You know, I, I've shared this story with you, I think, below, and I think maybe in another podcast I might have shared this story, but I have a friend of mine. He's a really good guy. He's really into, uh, you know, Filipino weaponry especially. And by the way, I'm a Filipino weaponry. I've been doing it forever, and I respect it. And, and, but I, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm having lunch with him one time, and it, part of the thing, if you practice Filipino martial art, is you, it's a blade culture, and you're usually going to have two or three blades on you, right? So he goes, hey, Kovar. He goes, what, what you know, we're having lunch. He goes, what are you packing? right now what do you have on you and I, 
you know, I don't I didn't have anything on him, right? I used to, you know, carry a, a, a knife pretty frequently, but but it was more, I was more for utility, but I kept on losing it going through security at the airports because I'd forget to take it out. So <laughs> yeah. it got the expensive. So I quit tearing when he's, what, you don't have a knife blade on you? And and I go, no, man. And he goes, well, what, you know, you, you know, what, what if you get attacked in a back alley or something? You know, what are you going to do? And I, I, I looked at him and I thought, so it, why do you carry a blade? You know, what, what is your reason? He goes, well, I want to defend myself. And I go, is it, and I kind of, I kind of let him on a little bit. I go, is it because you want to live a life? Yeah, man. You know, I want to live a long time. You know, I want to be able to, and, and as he's eating a double cheeseburger with extra bacon, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm looking at him because he he's not going to, nope, you're not going to die in a back alley knife fight, buddy. You're going to die from, you know, some, from some, you know, some kind of heart disease, you know, uh, diabetes, something that could have been avoided possibly based on your lifestyle. And to your point is that true self-defense isn't just defending yourself against a bad guy. Nothing wrong with knowing that it's, it's defending yourself against sickness, injury, apathy. Well, you know that if you like, I, one time I came across an article and it, and from that day on, I'd had an epiphany. I, I turned a corner top 10 killers of men, women, and children in, in Western nations. Martial arts, kicking, punching, choking wasn't on the list. And I asked uh, some martial arts teachers just last week in an interview, what's the number one killer of children in the America? And they didn't know. And so how do you teach self-defense if you're not actually te- talking mm-hmm. to people about the things that are killing people? Or you know, causing great harm, uh, yeah. medical emergencies, and all that 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 could be avoidable. So we have to expand what we know and get your nose in a book. Go to the lectures, listen to the tapes, and you'll expand as a teacher in ways that you will never probably learn in a dojo. That you will in the future because you bring those things in and teach what you know. And, and why that's so important, once again, we touched on earlier, is because when you got a group of students, people of all ages, but especially kids because they're maybe more moldable, you know, they're like the empty sponge, is that is that we kind of owe it to them. You, you know, we've got this, this you know, this captivated audience that's listening to us, you know, to the point you that we're talking. You know. You tell a great story about a, somebody who said, you know, you do something really well and immediately to yourself and your young brain, you said, oh, I do that really well. Yeah. And I, I remember that story when yeah. I'm teaching because you just never know, you yeah. know what it is. That's why what we, the re- repetitious nature of what we do is beneficial. It can be boring sometimes. It can, it's repetitive, but sometimes you get through and those lessons can last your the rest of your life. 100%. They have, I'm, I'm 63, so I'm still... You know, I'm just now starting to listen to the things my dad said. You yeah, know? right. It, 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 amazing. Well, I appreciate your time and your friendship. And, and you know, I, I just would shout out to all the people out there that, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you're, first off, if you're training in martial arts, continue on. If you're teaching, if you're running a school, make sure that you you make it more than just the mar- Teach great martial arts, but make it more than that. You know, make it more than that because it's such a vehicle to well, really. Life is more than that. Yes, yes. You know, and somebody asked me one time about violence because we were doing television and movies and there was I had a student who was fighting in the UFC and they said you know it's so violent and I said you know violence belongs in the ring it can belong in fiction it doesn't belong in the streets where innocent people can be killed when you fight in the ring it's two people who agree who are well trained there's a referee you know there's an appreciative audience that's where the violence belongs it doesn't belong in a city street 
you know, with car bombs and, and it's a great, it's a great perspective. And and if you don't understand, if that doesn't make sense, you don't really, it's kind of one of those things that like, I I don't like to see people hurt, but I have nothing but respect to watch two really high level competitors go at it. Somebody there can break it up. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and uh, it's, and also it's kind of at some level, it's part of our nature and it's embracing our shadow. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, uh, giving us a chance to kind of step into the unknown and, and test our skills. One takeaway from anybody listening is find out what the top 10 killers of men, women, and children are in the world and see if your curriculum or the things that your instructors and you are talking about even put the toe in the water on those things. And if not, then start with the first one and get yourself an education. There's more material on just about anything from twiddly winks to you know, how to make a gourmet meal online, you can find it. But make sure that you and your staff are spending an appropriate amount of time expanding your knowledge because it'll directly reflect on the things that are happening on the floor. Outstanding. Well, thanks, Tom, for your friendship and your time. And uh, you guys out in the audience, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in today and, and make sure to check out how, if I want to check out your art, where would I go? Uh, TomCallis.com. There you go, man. This commercial was brought to you by TomCallis.com. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really, uh, sincerely, would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.